Hello, I'm Rob, and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 30th of November 2022. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the Cyclos charity Beacons. We are pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspaper skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking hyphen news as a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 we hope you enjoy this week's edition if you are one of our CD listeners your CD may have arrived a little later this week As there are postal strikes in December, it may be that your CD won't arrive on its normal day for a short while and could be a little later than usual. But please don't worry, as it'll be on its way. Reading this week, we have myself Rob, Christine, Angela, Liz, Helen, Pete, Mina, Mary, Flashback Roger and Simon. In this week's edition, we have some local news from the Black Country, an update from Beacon, some more sight loss tips. We have the weekly quiz of Mina. News from West Bromwich Albion and Wolves. Flashback Roger of a festive Did You Know? The weather. And to round us off, a combined December and January lifestyle newsletter from Beacon with events for Christmas and into the new year. Local news to start with Liz, Christine and Ian. But first, here's Angela. Andy Street has said that regions currently do not have access to the government's crucial research and development money. UK regions need critical powers to ensure cities outside of London, Oxford and Cambridge can receive investment and level up the country, the Mayor of West Midlands has said. During a panel debate at the Confederation of British Industry annual conference, Andy Street said that regions currently do not have access to the government's crucial research and development money. He told the panel, If I had the Chancellor and the Business Secretary in the audience, I would say trailblaze a devolution deal. Bestow on the regions some critical powers in this area. We have no influence over government planning in the Department for International Trade. We have no cash to subsidise investment, unlike Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. And our skills devolution only goes so far. We do not control the public research and development money at all. Every time we want investment, we have to go to the government to seek it as a small bidding war. If you look at any of the cities beyond Oxford, Cambridge and London, they have a very small share of that public research and development money. You will not level up if you keep putting all your innovation cash in the same places. 
The comments came during the Confederation of British Industries Go for Growth conference, following a speech from the Prime Minister which focused on innovation and touched on the issue of glaring gaps in the domestic workforce. The UK's labour shortages were an important topic during the conference, with a number of business leaders saying how it has affected them. Others said that businesses should focus on offering flexible working options for over 50s who are more likely to have caring responsibilities. Hospital staff are working around the clock to tackle the backlog for routine treatment in the region, which has hit almost 300,000, latest figures show. NHS data showed 293,936 people were waiting for non-urgent elective operations or treatment at the end of September, up almost 6,000 from August. And of that sum, over 11,000 had been waiting longer than a year for the treatment, as pressures continue to mount on the health service in the run-up to winter. Dr Tim Cooksley, President of the Society for Acute Medicine, said the figures show standards are at an unacceptably poor level, that will deteriorate during the winter and that pressure to deliver care is at an unsustainable level. But chiefs from the region's biggest hospitals have reassured people that staff are working extremely hard but acknowledged it was frustrating for many. Diane Wake, elective care lead for the Black Country Integrated Care System, said, We know that patients are waiting longer than we would like and NHS staff are working extremely hard to address the backlogs. Despite exceptionally high demand for services, we are making significant progress, with almost 200,000 procedures being carried out every month across the black country. We have a particular focus on tackling the longest waiting times and are proud that ours was one of the first systems to eliminate 104-week waits. Considerable investment has been made in surgical hubs and diagnostic centres that will help to protect elective treatments from wider pressures, especially in future years. Increasing the use of technology such as robotic surgery and having dedicated day case units also helps to increase the amount of elective procedures that can be carried out and allows patients to spend less time in hospital and recover in the comfort of their own homes. Nurses have been left with no choice but to strike because of the government's indifference to the workforce crisis and pay levels, a union chief has said. The Royal College of Nursing has announced its members will stage their first ever national walkout on December 15th and 20th as the row escalates. Union bosses claim the action in England, Wales and Northern Ireland will happen after the government turned down its offer of detailed negotiations. It will impact the likes of Birmingham Children's Hospital and Birmingham Women's Hospital alongside the major Queen Elizabeth Hospital in the region. However, hospitals in the black country such as Wolverhampton's Newcross Hospital and Dudley's Russell's Hall Hospital will be unaffected by the action due to some organisations not meeting the legal turnout thresholds. Lindsay Meeks, Regional Director of the Royal College of Nursing in the West Midlands said, 
We've announced these two strike dates because our members made it clear in our recent ballot that they feel the government doesn't care that their pay has been cut by up to 20% in real terms since 2012, and they believe the severe workload pressures they're under mustn't keep on jeopardising patient care. It's the government's refusal to come to the negotiating table that has forced us into this position. No nurse wants to go on strike, but the government's indifference to the workforce crisis in health and social care and years of poor pay has left us with no choice. This is very much a last resort. It's born out of a desire by nursing staff to be properly valued by ministers, just as they are valued by the public and their patients. We'll be announcing in due course in which NHS organisations we're calling on members to take strike action on December 15th and December 20th, including those organisations in the West Midlands in which our members voted for strike action, having voted in sufficient numbers to pass the minimum 50% turnout threshold. A Wolverhampton care agency has been rated inadequate and placed in special measures by a health watchdog after inspectors found a string of concerns. Hibiscus Domiciliary Care Agency, which provides personal care to people in their own homes and supported living accommodation, was inspected by the Care Quality Commission, CQC, in September, but a report detailing the findings has only just been published. Inspectors found there were limited or no risk assessments in place and limited or no details in people's care plans about risks to people's safety. Other concerns included staff training, checks not always being completed of people's employment history, people's identity and references, and inspectors were not assured that the provider was using PPE effectively and safely. At the last inspection, the Care Quality Commission also made a recommendation about medicines as they were not being managed safely, but the issues still remained. However, inspectors did note that people's equality and diversity needs were respected and supported. They were supported to avoid social isolation and protected from abuse by staff who understood their safeguarding responsibilities and how to report concerns. Following the latest inspection, the service's overall rating dropped from requires improvement to inadequate. The service was rated inadequate for being safe, effective and well-led and rated requires improvement for being caring and responsive. Debbie Ivanova, the Care Quality Commission's Director for People with Learning Disabilities and Autistic People, said... We will continue to monitor Hibiscus Domiciliary Care Agency closely to ensure people are safe. If we are not assured people are receiving safe care, we will not hesitate to take action. Up next, we hear from Helen, who of course has for us the Beacon Update. Hi everyone, it's Helen from the Beacon Centre, back with your weekly update. Now, if you know us, you'll know that this is one of our busiest times of year here at Beacon, but it's also one of our best because we love getting to meet so many of you at our centre and out in the community with events. And one of the events we've got coming up is our annual Forget-Me-Not service. It's actually one of the most special events of the year here at Beacon and our 2022 gathering will have extra meaning as it's incredibly the 20th anniversary of coming together to remember loved ones. Amazingly, over that time, 
More than £60,000 has been raised in memory of those gone but never forgotten. And we are so grateful for all the donations that we've received. If you'd like to join us, it's our 2022 Service of Remembrance. It's taking place at our Sedgley Centre on the 8th of December at 6pm. You can get in touch with our supporter engagement team on 01902 880 or email support us at beaconvision.org and help us fill our tree with memories. If you prefer to donate online, we've also created a virtual forget-me-not tree where you can dedicate a decoration on our tree with your donation as well as leave a special personal message that you can share with your family and friends. Visit www.beaconvision.org forward slash Christmas hyphen 2022 to find out more. Next this week, a special thank you. Our minibuses travel across the region, transporting our members to our centre and activities. And so on Thank You Thursday, that's a little social media hashtag we use, we'd like to say a big thank you to Easy Clean Car Wash, who are helping us to keep them in sparkling condition. The team at the Sedgley-based car wash has generously agreed to wash a minibus free of charge every month and we so appreciate their support. Now, we've been in the news this week. Yep, readers of the Express and Star have been able to find out all about our Santa run thanks to a fabulous photo that they printed of our team and supporters promoting the event, which is taking place at West Park in Wolverhampton on Sunday the 4th of December. If you haven't got your ticket yet, you can sign up at www.beaconvision.org forward slash Santa hyphen run hyphen 2022. And last this week, a bit of news about our shops. Our Bilston store will be closed from Monday, November the 28th until Sunday, December the 11th, whilst we carry out some improvement works. We'll be back open as usual on Monday, December 12th, just in time for Christmas shopping. Our block switch shop is also set to reopen next month after a refurbishment project. We can't wait to tell you all about its new look and we will be revealing its reopening date shortly. Now that's it for this week. I'll be back to catch up with you all again soon. Bye-bye. Here's that update, Helen. Up now, we're our next block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear Christine. A survey asking women and girls how safe they feel in Wolverhampton has been completed by more than 700 respondents. The West Midlands Police and Safer Wolverhampton Partnership survey asks women and girls how safe they feel when they are out and about and to share details of issues they may have witnessed or experienced. Superintendent Simon Inglis from Wolverhampton Police said, This is a really important survey which will provide vital information to help the police and our partners to plan community safety activity across the city. It's fantastic that well over 700 people have already taken the time to complete the survey and I'd like to thank each and every one of them. We and the Safer Wolverhampton Partnership are serious about ensuring that Wolverhampton is and continues to be a safe place in which to live, work and visit and by completing this survey you will be making a difference and helping to bring about the action required to further improve safety for women and girls in Wolverhampton. 
So, if you haven't already, please take a few minutes to share your views. We really need to know how you feel. Councillor Jaspier Jaspal, the City of Wolverhampton Council's Cabinet Member for Public Health and Wellbeing, said, Any incidence of violence or harassment against women and girls is obviously unacceptable, and while Wolverhampton is generally a safe place, like any big town or city, there will be issues in Wolverhampton from time to time which could make women and girls feel unsafe. We would be grateful to everyone who feels able to share their thoughts and experiences via this survey. I do understand it's not always easy, but please take a few moments as your responses will help inform our plans to keep our communities safe. Women were asked which areas in Wolverhampton are a concern to them. Feedback from the survey will be used to inform policing and community safety activity across Wolverhampton. All responses to the survey are anonymous and not all questions are mandatory. The closing date for comments is Friday, December 10th. West Midlands Police are reminding people of a scheme that will reveal if someone has a history of domestic violence. As part of Operation Bow, a campaign to tackle domestic violence during the World Cup, West Midlands Police and police forces all around the country are reminding residents of Clare's Law. Also known as the Domestic Violence Disclosure Scheme, Clare's Law is a scheme which allows individuals to request information from the police if they believe their partner may be a threat. A member of the public can also ask about the partner of a close friend or family member. If the police decide to share the information, it will usually be with the person at risk. The subject will not be told that they are being checked out. Claire's Law is named after Claire Wood, who was murdered at the age of 36 by George Appleton, an ex-boyfriend, in Salford in February 2009. Police were aware of Appleton's violent history and he had served three prison sentences before his relationship with Claire. Following her death, Claire's family said she would not have entered into a relationship with Appleton had she known of his violent past, and her father campaigned to create legal means for police to warn potential targets of abuse of their partner's violent pasts. Claire's law was adopted in England and Wales in 2014. An investigation has been launched following multiple incidents of lasers being shone at aircraft flying to and from Birmingham Airport. West Midlands Police say there has been an increase in reported laser attacks since September on flights landing between 6pm and 7am. Officers say they believe the attacks are coming from Solihull and Coventry but have also seen laser attacks from as far away as Wolverhampton. Inspector Colin Gallier from Birmingham Airport Police said safety is our top priority. Shining a laser at an aircraft is not a bit of fun, it's a very serious matter. Our investigation is ongoing and I would encourage anyone who has information on these laser attacks to get in touch. Paul Beat, Head of Air Traffic Control for BHX, added, We echo our police colleagues' advice on this. Shining lasers at aircraft is extremely dangerous and unlawful. If anyone has any information about these incidents, please call police on 101, quoting log number 4488. Information can also be given to the independent charity Crime Stoppers anonymously, on 0800 
555111. A student nurse and a Briley Hill butcher have been recognised at the West Midlands Ambulance Services Excellence in the Community Awards after saving a woman's life. Olivia Jane Hansen, who studies adult nursing at the University of Wolverhampton, and butcher Gordon Tranter, helped to save the life of a woman who suffered a cardiac arrest while shopping in Briley Hill last year. The 27-year-old rushed to the rescue after spotting a crowd around a woman lying on the floor in the high street. After calling for an ambulance, Olivia dropped her bags and began performing CPR alongside quick-thinking butcher Gordon Tranter, assistant manager at Allen Warwick Butchers. Thanks to their life-saving efforts, the woman went on to recover after the incident. After hearing about the heroics, Briley Hill councillor Adam Davis nominated the Courageous Pair for the West Midlands Ambulance Services Excellence in the Community Awards, for which both were commended for their bravery at an awards event on Thursday, November the 17th. Olivia said, When I realised what was happening, my adrenaline had just taken over. All I could think was, I really need to save this lady. She could be someone's mother, sister, wife or grandmother. I wasn't stopping until I could do everything in my power to save her. The sense of relief when I felt a pulse coming back was a feeling like no other. Gordon, aged 58, told of his pride after collecting the award and he said, It was a brilliant night. Councillor Davis was also presented with a Community Initiative and Partnership Award for working with businesses and others to fundraise and get defibrillators installed. A free defibrillator and CPR training session will take place at Briley Hill Civic Hall on Tuesday, December the 13th from 6.30pm to 8pm. People wishing to take part can just turn up on the night. Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, here are your questions. Are you ready? Question 1. Which posh advert calendar treat could break a tooth for you? Question 2. What colour is popular during Advent other than green and red? Question 3. Which generation made Christmas tree decorating popular? Question 4. Where is the tallest Christmas tree in the UK? Question 5. How tall can a Douglas fir grow to? And finally, question six. Why isn't mistletoe like a normal plant? I will be back with the answers later, but for now, good luck. Cheers for those questions, Mina. I'll get my mind working on those. Up now, however, it's another block of local news. And starting this one, it's Ian. A deputy head teacher has vowed to be a strong voice for Wolverhampton in Westminster after she was named Labour's parliamentary candidate for a key target seat. Serena Brackenridge will contest Wolverhampton North East for Sir Keir Starmer's party 
at the next general election after being selected by local Labour members. The 47-year-old mother of two was born in Wensfield and is deputy head at Mosley Park School. She served as mayoress of the city in 2021-22 when her husband, Wensfield South Councillor Greg Brackenridge, was mayor. She told the Express and Star, I am honoured to be selected as the Labour Party parliamentary candidate for Wolverhampton North East. I'll be a strong voice in Westminster for the people of Wolverhampton and I'll work tirelessly to give us a better and fairer future. The Tories have crashed the economy and we need Labour to fix it and then to grow it. Wolverhampton can make more, sell more and achieve more under Labour. I'll fight to make sure we raise living standards for everyone and not just the privileged few. Wolverhampton has much to be proud of but the cost of living is cutting right through our communities. A Labour government will bring high-paid and high-quality jobs and apprenticeships to the city, making it a better place to learn, work and live. Wolverhampton North East was a Labour stronghold for decades until the 2019 general election, when Jane Stevenson won it for the Conservatives by defeating Emma Reynolds with a majority of 4,080. Ms Stevenson has defended the government's record on investment in Wolverhampton, highlighting projects including the National Brownfield Institute, the City Learning Quarter and the Leveling Up Department's headquarters at the I-9 development. Meanwhile, Labour is understood to have delayed the selection process for Wolverhampton South West until next year in the hope that more women candidates come forward. Dudley Council has set aside £400,000 to offer desperate residents emergency payments of at least £150. The Council was recently awarded £2.6 million in the Government's latest round of the Household Support Fund. As in previous rounds, a majority of the money is being distributed through key council services and organisations within the voluntary sector to get help to those they are aware of and who are the most vulnerable. But this time, the council has earmarked £400,000 to help people in need who contact the council. The single one-off payment of at least £150 is available to households in the borough where residents are on a low income and in financial hardship. They could also be eligible for an additional top-up payment if they have not received either the £650 cost of living payment for households on means-tested benefit, the pensioner cost of living payment, which ranges from £250 to £600, or the £150 disability cost of living payment. Payments can be used to help people with the cost of food, essential goods and help towards paying fuel and water bills, as well as help with reducing energy consumption. The application process is now open and will close on March 31st 2023 or sooner if the funds are exhausted. Councillor Steve Clark, Deputy Leader and Cabinet Member for Finance and Legal, said We aim to help as many people as possible this winter and ease the burden of increasing costs. To be eligible, applicants must be able to demonstrate financial hardship and, for most single-person households, have income of less than £35,000 a year and savings of less than £6,000. For multi-person households, the income level is £45,000 and savings of £6,000 or less. 
The government's cost of living payment of £650 is currently being paid directly to those who are eligible and should be used to cover essential costs. Construction of Wolverhampton's new £50 million learning quarter will start taking shape around the Old Hall Street and St George's Parade area of the city centre in spring next year after high-profile construction firm McClellan and Harvey was chosen. Councillor Ian Brookfield, leader of Wolverhampton Council, said the appointment of our preferred construction partner means 2023 is going to be a huge year for the City Learning Quarter where we can make our vision a reality. The City Learning Quarter will have a visible and tangible impact on the City of Wolverhampton and its residents, making a massive difference to everyday life through direct investment in skills and education. We are working hard with City of Wolverhampton College to ensure we not only deliver a vibrant education hub where we improve the city's learning, apprenticeship and employment offers, but also that we retain our best talent rather than losing people to different parts of the region. The new facilities will provide a vital facelift as we reimagine our city centre which is benefiting from £1 billion of investment overall. The City Learning Quarter will be an inspirational environment for people to learn in and will offer excellent connectivity to rail, bus, tram and cycle. We will be creating an environment where everyone can flourish and it demonstrates the commitment the City has to investing in its citizens. The project has been backed by a £6.2 million investment from the Authority and the Black Country LEP. The City Learning Quarter will be set over 10,000 square metres and will encompass Wolverhampton's College's Metro One campus, the Authority's Adult Education Service and Central Library, and will see the College move from its outdated Paget Road site, which has been earmarked for homes. It is calculated that through energy-efficient buildings and traffic reduction, more than 600 tonnes of carbon dioxide emissions will be prevented from being released into the atmosphere each year. It is also estimated the air will be cleaner due to 310 kilograms of nitrogen oxide particles not being discharged into the city. A councillor today pledged to do her best to prevent an essential bus service from being cut in Dudley. Judy Foster, deputy leader of the Labour Group, said she has met with Transport for West Midlands along with other Dudley councillors to discuss potential changes to transport services in the area. Last week, it was revealed that the X10 bus service, which currently runs from Gornal Wood to Birmingham Colmore Row, with stops at Pensnet Trading Estate, Russells Hall Hospital and Merry Hill along the route, is potentially facing the axe. It is claimed that the bus service will instead run from Merry Hill to Birmingham Colmore Row, meaning that Gornal Wood, Pensnet Trading Estate and Russells Hall Hospital would be axed. Councillor Foster said it is vital that people have a bus service running between these areas as they are especially used by school pupils and residents going to GP and hospital appointments. She said, I am being proactive and making a case with Transport for West Midlands who work with National Express because there is a need for these services. 
I mentioned at the meeting about concerns in changes to PINSnet. These services need to be protected and are for essential journeys. In PENSnet in particular, there is a low car ownership and without the right bus service, people are going to have to rely on taxis, which is costly. National Express West Midlands bosses recently vowed to improve bus services in the region, launching a 10-step plan amid a staffing crisis. When asked if the X10 bus service will be cut at the end of the year, a spokesperson said in a statement, In common with bus operators nationwide, we are experiencing a shortage of drivers, changes to the school day and lifestyles and fewer passengers. So we are currently reviewing our network. We will let the public know as soon as we are able to confirm the exact details of any changes. More local news later. But to follow on from last week's sight loss tips, here are a few more. We have our very own Pete. Here's a simple one. Elastic bands. Now, they can be very helpful around the home, very helpful to put over different products to help you identify them. So, for example, if you had food in your cupboard and you had tins, you could put one elastic band on tins of soup. You could put two elastic bands on, say, tins of beans, three elastic bands on tins of fruit, or you use your own system. But elastic bands are tactile, so maybe you can... By touch, you could identify what was what. Uh, you could use elastic bands with other things, maybe, such as shampoo and conditioner. So you know which one's the shampoo, which one's the conditioner, just by touch. Or perhaps with salt and pepper pots as well. There's a thought. Always important to keep things well lit, but also to try and keep light constant throughout the house. So from one room to another. So let's say you're in your lounge and you go into your hall, but say the lounge, the lights are light or the lights are on in the hall, the lights are off. So you're going from light to dark. It's that adjustment that can sometimes be difficult with sight loss. So try and keep the light constant throughout the house. Carry a bag. Now, here's an interesting one. So this means that perhaps it's connected with light again. So when you're outside and you go into a building maybe a shop or an office or something like that, wherever it might be, and you go in from outside and the light is different. So you're going from light to dark and it's difficult to adjust sometimes. You can pretend to be rummaging in your bag. So while your eyes are adjusting to the light level, so you don't feel quite so awkward. So carry a bag and do a bit of rummaging. It's only pretending, but it might be an idea. Filter glasses. Now, filter glasses, they are over glasses that can go over your normal spectacles. And what filter do they do? They're coloured lenses and they do exactly what they say. They filter out the light. They filter out the glare. They reduce glare and can make life far more comfortable. So if you want to find out more about filter glasses or you want to try them on, please give us a call at Beacon and we can help you with that. So filter glasses are really very helpful. And... If you wore a baseball hat or a sun hat that would act like a visor with a pair of filter glasses, that makes another difference as well. So some sort of sun hat or baseball cap can really help with a pair of filters. On your stairs, have you thought about on a handrail on your stairs? You could put a bump on at the bottom of the handrail 
and a bump on or you can use an elastic band again if you wish at the top of the rail so when you're coming down the stairs you can feel that you're at the edge of the stairs when you're going up the stairs you can feel that you're about to reach the top of the stairs so maybe an elastic band or something or a little mark or a little indentation or something where it's tactile so you know where the top and the bottom are you know when you're at the hairdressers or the barbers and they take a mirror to the back of your head to have a look and it might be difficult for you to see so if you have a phone that would do it you might ask the hairdresser could you take a picture please and then they show you around the front it might help just a thought bit of technology now if you're struggling to find a small item you've dropped on the floor maybe an earring or something really small you could use your hoover attachment with a thin sock over the top of it or over the end of the hoover attachment so when you're hoovering up, you, the, the suction will, will suck the item up, but it won't go up the hoover, up the attachment. Well, they're not hoovers, are they? You know, they're vacuum cleaners, but you know what I mean. And so it won't go up there. It'll get stuck in the sock, so you can maybe find it that way. If you know roughly where you've dropped something, but you can't quite see it, maybe that might be something you might want to consider. When you're out in a bag, taking out money with you, one thought might be to only take one type of note so let's say it's a 10 pound note for argument's sake so you know with confidence when you're handing out cash you know you're always handing a 10 pound note over it's an idea it's a thought but also i know on a 10 pound note there's a little tactile bobble at the corner of a 10 pound note so there isn't on the five but there is on the 10 so you can feel at the corner you'll feel a little bobble so you know that's a 10 pound note it's not on the five but just on the 10 now, if you have your own sight loss tips that we could share with others, well, we'd love to hear from you. So please give us a call on 01902 880 111. That's 01902 880 111. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up next on this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have another block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear from Liz. Almost £40,000 has been raised for good causes in Wolverhampton after football fans took to Molyneux overnight for the annual sleepout event. The Wolves Foundation's Molyneux Sleepout saw hundreds of supporters spend 12 hours at the stadium sleeping outdoors to raise as much as possible. And this year's event has netted £39,259 so far, with donations continuing to pour in, which will be split amongst the Foundation and the Good Shepherd. It comes as part of the annual push to tackle food poverty and homelessness, two issues which have been further exacerbated by the cost of living crisis. Head of the Wolves Foundation, Will Clowes, previously said the occasion was such an important part of their calendar. He said, not only does it raise awareness of some of the challenges facing the more vulnerable members of our communities, the funds raised can help make a real difference to helping those people improve their lives thanks to projects run by the Foundation and the Good Shepherd. It is also always a great event to highlight the strong community spirit that exists in Wolverhampton, with so many people coming together to help others in a really positive and supportive atmosphere on the night. Good Shepherd CEO Tom Hayden said, 
We remain extremely grateful to Walls Foundation for continuing to allow us to join with the Manu Sleepout and share in raising awareness of the vital work both charities deliver in the city. We know that it is a challenge for people to give up their normal home comforts and sleep outdoors in the cold of November, but to have seen so many take that on in recent years and raise so much money is an inspiration to all of us connected with the Good Shepherd. Wolverhampton has such a big heart and even during these challenging times, there was another great turnout which showed that with a strong community spirit and sense of teamwork, we can continue to support those who need us most. It is difficult for a lot of people with the way things are just at the moment, but ourselves and the Wolves Foundation are continuing to do everything we can for those who require our help. Hales Owen in Bloom has received a special tree from the Green Canopy Tree of Trees, which stood tall as a message of hope, regeneration and optimism to the nation and the world as part of the late Queen's Platinum Jubilee weekend celebrations. The Rowan tree that originally stood outside Buckingham Palace was planted in a ceremony at St John's Church, High Street, Hales Owen, attended by Dr Nick Venning, Deputy Lieutenant of the West Midlands, representing His Majesty's Lord Lieutenant of the West Midlands. The Tree of Trees played a starring role outside Buckingham Palace when it was illuminated as the principal Platinum Jubilee beacon on June 2nd, 2022 and consisted of 80 steel branches holding 350 native trees in aluminium pots bearing the Queen's cipher. It was designed by Thomas Heatherwick. Howes Owen in Bloom is one of 11 organisations to receive a tree which are now taking root in the West Midlands with the support of the West Midlands Lieutenancy, local authorities, schools and community groups. Organisations have been selected to receive the special trees in recognition of their support for the environment through the planting of trees. John Crabtree, OBE, Lord Lieutenant of the West Midlands, said the tree from the tree of trees being planted in the West Midlands will become part of the living legacy in honour of Her Majesty the Queen. The West Midlands has been a hugely active supporter of the Queen's Green Canopy, with many communities, schools and voluntary organisations participating in tree planting sessions enjoying not only the occasion but also contributing to improving local environments. These tree plantings from an iconic structure which was seen by thousands of people during the Jubilee celebrations are particularly significant. They join more than a million trees already planted across the UK as part of this continuing legacy. A Centre for the Blind is preparing to lace up their jolly red running shoes in the 2022 Santa Fun Run. Beacon Centre for the Blind on Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, is preparing to host its popular annual fundraising run, having already sold more than 100 tickets. The race will see runners, organisations and four-legged friends from around Wolverhampton don their Santa suits to raise money for people living with sight conditions. Beacon supporter engagement manager Sophie Higgins said, Our Santa run is one of the most popular events at Beacon 
and we're all so excited for it to return this year. The event is all about having some festive fun. So whether you plan to walk, jog or walk the 5k route, it will be a Christmas morning to remember in aid of Beacon. The run will take place at Wolverhampton's West Park on December the 4th, where there will also be plenty of festive fun for all the family. Everyone, including our four-legged friends, can sign up to take part in the 5K event, which is sponsored by aerospace technology company Collins Aerospace. All finishers of the race will get a medal and a chance to take their Santa suit or a hat for children home. Runners who raise £50 or more will also get a Beacon pin badge. A Dudley Librarian has been declared Librarian of the Year by the Romantic Novelist Association. Dudley Library Manager Sharon Whitehouse was declared Librarian of the Year at the Romantic Novelist Association 2022 Awards. The awards celebrate the hard work and talent of any person, group or organisation who has championed the broad genre of romantic fiction in a positive way. Sharon was recognised for her work promoting romantic fiction and writers. Most recently, she worked with authors to provide talks for library users across the borough. Sharon has organised library events and has arranged numerous author talks, ghost story evenings, local theatre performances and recently divination and palm reading evenings. Councillor Laura Taylor-Charles, Cabinet Member responsible for libraries, said, I am delighted that Sharon's enthusiasm and commitment have been recognised. All of our staff work incredibly hard, but it's lovely to see an individual being recognised for going above and beyond. Library events are so important as they support authors, promote reading and bring in new users to enjoy a library experience. My heartfelt congratulations to Sharon on her well-deserved award. Sharon said, I was delighted to discover I'd been nominated for the Romantic Novelist Association Librarian of the Year Award and absolutely thrilled to be announced the winner. I feel very proud that such a prestigious organisation has chosen me to be their Librarian of the Year. Their focus is to raise the profile of romantic fiction and support authors of the genre. As librarians, we strive to make a difference to people's lives in our local communities. We can only achieve this together, so I'd like to acknowledge the hard work and dedication of my colleagues at Dudley Libraries. I'm sharing the honour of the award with them, as they all deserve the recognition too. Dudley Libraries also offer free access to a large range of e-books, e-audiobooks and e-magazines as part of the Better Libraries Digital Consortium. If you aren't already a member of Dudley Libraries, you can become a member by visiting your local library or by joining online. Up now, it's trivia time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Hello again everyone The big Christmas countdown is upon us Santa's polishing his sleigh And he's got brand new wellies this year To do his annual round of joy But down here on earth Here's a few things for us to think about Now then, did you know that? 
Most advent calendars are simple cardboard affairs, but if you want to inject the countdown to Christmas with more anticipation and excitement, buy an advent calendar filled with chocolate or other sweet treats. But if you don't have a sweet tooth, there are also advent calendars containing 24 Lego pieces and 24 diamonds. Violet is a popular colour. While green and red are typically associated with Christmas, Advent is all about purples and violets. The candles of Advent wreaths are usually violet or purple in churches decorated with violet, and priests may wear the colour in the weeks before Christmas, although some denominations use blue or pink instead of violet. Christmas tree decorations used to be very different from the familiar baubles and tinsel we use today. Whilst the UK adopted tree decorating during the Victorian times, the actual tradition itself is thought to have originated in the 16th century Germany, where nuts, berries, apples and candles were used to decorate small evergreens. The tallest living Christmas tree in the UK grows at Wakehurst, a wild botanical garden in Sussex. Decorated with 1800 lights, it's a stunning part of the Winton Lantern Trail, Glow Wild it's called. Decorating a tree this large takes a bit longer than the Christmas tree in your home. It takes about 12 hours to cover with lights, with five staff members and two cherry pickers hard at work. In the wild, some of the species that are used as Christmas trees can grow to be giants and live for many years. Douglas firs can grow up to 55 metres, while Nordman firs and Norway spruce can reach a mighty 60 metres. Originally from Scandinavia, the Norway spruce is a typical tree gifted by the Norwegians to Trafalgar Square for their iconic display every year. And mistletoe isn't like a normal plant. It's parasitic, which means it has to grow on other trees to survive. It grows in round clusters, giving it the appearance of sprouting magically from tree branches. Its favourite host trees include apple, hawthorn and poplar trees. It prefers to grow in trees in open areas in plenty of light rather than dense woodlands and in parks, gardens and orchards. Well there's more stuff to say about Advent than you can shake a cracker at. And I've not much mentioned Advent candles this year have I? Never mind eh? At least I've included mistletoe and learned that there's more to this seasonal plant than grabbing a cheeky snog at Christmas. In road up, I'm off. I'll go and check my fairy lights for duff bulbs and hope I can untangle the wires that I'm sure were neat and tidy when I put them away last year. Wish me luck then. Until next week, I'll just say bye for now. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra. Up now, we're to hear what the web has in store for us. Brought to us as always by Mina. The weather for this week ahead will be mainly cloudy but dry with temperatures getting a little colder and dropping to 5 degrees by the end of this week, with UV levels expected to be low too. The sunrise and sunset times are 7.59am for the sunrise and 15.57pm for the sunset. For Friday 2nd of December we have light cloud and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 9 degrees. Moving on to the weekend, on Saturday 3rd of December, we have light cloud and a gentle breeze, with a maximum temperature of 8 degrees. On Sunday 4th of December, light cloud and a gentle breeze, 
with a maximum temperature of 7 degrees. Moving into next week, Monday 5th of December, light cloud and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 6 degrees. For Tuesday 6th of December, again light cloud and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 6 degrees. Moving on to Wednesday 7th of December, again it's light cloud and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 6 degrees. And finally for Thursday 8th of December, it's light cloud and a gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 5 degrees. So that's your forecast for the week ahead. As always, enjoy the weather. Thanks for that update, Mina. Now with the World Cup taking place, Wolves and West Brom are currently not in action. But there's always something going on at our local clubs. So let's have some news from our local football clubs. Wolves have appointed former recruitment chief Matt Hobbs as Scott Sellers' replacement as sporting director. Sellers' departure was confirmed last week and highly rated Hobbs, who has been at Molyneux since 2015, has taken on the role to oversee sporting and performance departments. I need to pull the departments together. Jeff's big challenge for me is to make sure we're elite in every department, Hobbs said on his appointment. The new director added... Whilst we are reviewing lots of areas, first and foremost, it's about players. We've got a world-renowned manager with a support team to match, and we've got a lot of top players who are not playing to their potential. But we need to add in January because we are short in some areas. That's what it has got to be focused on at the moment. Yulin Lopetegui gets Wolves up and running as players return to Compton. Wolves returned to Compton at the weekend, marking the official start of a new era at Wolves with Yulin Lopetegui at the helm. All senior players and members of the first team squad, barring those out in Qatar, reported in at Compton to undergo tests as training got back underway. Wolves will continue preparations for the restart at their training base in the city, but they have also planned a week-long warm weather training camp near Marbella as work steps up prior to the return, in which they hope to organise at least one friendly. Details for the camp are still to be confirmed. Belief is key in survival battle, says Wolves boss Yulin Lopetegui. The key message to the players is to believe in yourself now and convince them that we are able to change this situation. It's going to be a hard task, but it's going to be a possible task for sure. We have to not speak a lot and do our work on the pitch. Try and adapt quickly to my way of playing. I also have to adapt to the players. We have to do both. Yulin Lopetegui has also assured Wolves' young guns age is no barrier to them being part of his plans. Asked about the club's young players, he replied, We have one month to work with them. We are going to take a decision after seeing them. If we have a good player, we are not thinking about the passport or the age. We are thinking about the quality and the personality and about the truth in the pitch. Wolves women cruised through to the next round of the Vitality Women's FA Cup with a comfortable 5-0 victory over Northampton ladies at the new Bucks Head Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Goals from Jade Cross, Tammy George 
an Anne Morfett penalty and further second-half goals from Ali Miller and Beth Merrick capped off a dominant performance, ensuring Wolves' progress onto the third round. Meanwhile, at the Hawthorns, Carlos Corberan has been hailing West Brom's massive commitment since his arrival. It is necessary in football, I think, that we are coordinated and everybody is the same, Corberan explained. It's playing the football with the same level of commitment and same level of energy. We have players with a lot of levels to win the game. I give a lot of credit to how they are living mentally and what they are doing, how they are playing the games. The level of commitment and what they are doing for me is massive. The confidence is that they know they can win games. They have won many games in their careers, so they have to know they are able to do what they have to do. And what they have to do is the thing they did against Stoke. Compete, compete and compete. Carlos Corberan has also been talking up the importance of West Brom's set pieces. Head coach Carlos Corberan reckons Albion's John Swift and Kyle Bartley combination could be key when championship action resumes. Defender Bartley fought back from some dark days to become Albion's unlikely goal hero, with two goals in two games before the World Cup break. With the swift deliveries, his power and skills in this type of situation can help a lot to unbalance the games. In the championship, it is very important to be organised in the set pieces to use this kind of situation. Albion are still focused on an assault on the summit of the championship table, admits forward Brandon Thomas Assant. The spectacular goal hero from the Potters' victory said, We will now get a little break, but most of the time without fixtures will, I'm sure, be friendlies, double sessions and a lot of hard work. With this manager, we will definitely prepare for what we want to achieve. And we know that we still want to look to be at the top of the table. That will take a lot of preparation and this will be an opportunity to do so. Albion women are delighted to announce that Lizzie Bennett-Steele has joined the club. The 25-year-old, who will wear the number 11 shirt, arrives at the Hawthorns with plenty of experience, having played at Wolves, Stoke City, Boldmere St. Michael's and Coventry United. Lizzie was part of the squad that sauntered to a comfortable 8-0 victory over Litchfield City on Saturday in the Vitality Women's FA Cup second round. Have you done any good at the quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out, as we have the quiz answers. Hello and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Are you ready? Are you sure? Question 1. Which posh advert calendar treat could break a tooth for you? And the answer? A diamond. Question 2. What colour is popular during Advent other than green and red? And the answer here is purple. Question 3. Which generation made Christmas tree decorating popular? And the answer, the Victorians. Question four. Where is the tallest Christmas tree in the UK? And the answer, Wakehurst in Surrey. Question five. How tall can a Douglas fir grow to? And the answer, 55 metres. And finally, question six. Why isn't mistletoe like a normal plant? And the answer, because it's a parasite.
So, how did you do for our festive quiz? I hope you all got them all right. If not, there's always another chance to have a go next week. But for now, bye. Cheers for that, Mina. Now, as Christmas fast approaches, it's time for Beacon's Lifestyle Newsletter with dates for your diary, news and information, and a guide to what's on in December and into the new year. So, to start our festive edition, here's Mary. Hiya, and welcome to the Beacon Lifestyle Newsletter for December 2022 and January 2023. This is going to be covering everything that we're going to be doing in December and January. I really hope you're okay. I am back doing my crafty hobby of cross-stitching and I've started with the Flying Scotsman. It's a secret present uh, for my dad who loves trains. I've also started reading again. One of our lovely uh, Beacon volunteers, Tina, who will be helping running the book club, I recommended uh, Miriam Margley's autobiography and I am seven chapters in already. I'm really enjoying it. My next challenge is to get back out running again. I really hope you've enjoyed the autumn colours this year. It has been a very wet month, though. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. 2023 is going to be a great year for Beacon and the activities we put on. Thank you so much for welcoming me into your special family. And here's to a positive new year, a healthy body, a healthy mind, and please keep talking. Just a quick reminder, the Beacon Centre, including our reception, our main phone line and Starbridge Lifestyle Centre, will be closed from Saturday the 24th of December to Monday the 2nd of January, reopening on Tuesday the 3rd of January. Our shops, restaurants and care offices will remain open during these times and many of our teams will continue to work from these locations or from home. Thank you. What's on in December and January? Thursday the 1st of December, Book Club, 11am till 12, Coffee Bar at Beacon. Wednesday 7th of December, Seated Exercise, 10.30am to 11.30am, Beacon Gym. Monday the 12th of December, Spinning, 11am till 12 at the Central Baths, Wolverhampton. Wednesday the 14th of December, Swimming, 11am till 12, Burt Williams Baths, Bilston. Friday, 16th of December, 10-pin bowling, 11am to 1pm, Castlegate, Dudley. Thursday, the 5th of January, Book Club, 11am till 12, Coffee Bar at Beacon. Wednesday, 11th of January, Swimming, 11am till 12, Bert Williams Bars, Bilston. Monday, 16th of January, Spinning, 11am till 12, Central Bars at Wolverhampton. Friday, 20th of January, 10-pin bowling, 11am till 1pm, Castlegate, Dudley. Wednesday, 25th of January, seated exercise, 10.30am to 11.30am at Beacon Gym. Friday, 27th of January, walk from 11am to 1pm at West Park, Wolverhampton. Transport can be provided for most of the activities, please ask when you book. All activities must be booked in advance on 01902 880 111. 
Unfortunately, due to non-attendance on the day of activities from the 1st of October, any no-shows will be charged the cost of the activity and transport unless you have cancelled within 48 hours notice. Please be aware we do have waiting lists. Beacon VIP Group. We are a group of working age people and or people who live independently with sight loss that meet once a month for a social gathering. We're a friendly bunch that like to try new activities, build friendships and encourage others to live life to the full. Wednesday, 21st of December, Christmas meal. All booked up. We're off to the new bridge. We're so pleased so many of you are joining us. Wednesday, 25th of January, 2023. Head for Health. Let's talk about mental health. Head for Health is a charity based in Wolverhampton, which help people improve their mental and physical health. Megan is a senior health officer from the foundation who is coming to do a workshop with us. 6pm till 8pm in the coffee bar. Book your place now. What's new for 2023? A six-week animal petting course. Learn about animal welfare, how to feed different animals, to clean them, health checks, education and petting. The animals you get to interact with will include goats, sheep, rabbits, chickens, ducks, guinea pigs, hamsters, fish, horses, alpacas and many more. We will have three courses on a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday available. Please register your interest early as there are limited places. Tuesday sessions will run from April the 18th to the 23rd of May, 11 o'clock in the morning till 12. Wednesday sessions will run from the 7th of June to the 12th of July, 1.30 to 2.30pm. Thursday sessions from the 7th of September to the 12th of October. 11am to 12 noon. Our new Beacon Book Club will be starting, meeting every month on the first Thursday of the month. Why not join us in the coffee bar for a brew, a cake and to discuss the latest books we've read? A new free six-week golf course will be starting in the spring. Get your name on the list now. Anyone cycling tandems will be back too in the spring. There will be trips to Hapney Green, brewery tours and fruit picking, cooking sessions, cooking foods of the world. Are you interested in a beginner's braille course? Chinese and chippy nights. An intimate concert by a professional violinist who has toured the world for 44 years performing with many orchestras. Educational talks. A workshop with doll drummers and many, many more. Well, I guess it's that time of year again where you may be thinking about next year's calendars and diaries. Well, Beacon are now taking orders for 2023 large print calendars and diaries. So they range, well, the diaries range from A6 size, sort of pocket diaries, right the way through to A4 diaries. And there's even an A4 jumbo diary with extra pages in, so a bit more space. Nice and clear, big and bold text, so easier to see. 
There are also 2023 calendars available now. A3 portrait calendars and A3 landscape calendars too. So if you would like to order your 2023 large print calendars and diaries for next year, Beacon are now taking orders. So give us a call on 01902 880111 and ask for a sight loss advisor. That's 01902 880111. West Midlands Sight Loss Councils would like to invite blind and partially sighted people from across the region to come together and discuss what matters to them across our communities. November is National Listening Month and we want to take this opportunity to hear the voices and views of blind and partially sighted people from across our communities to help shape the work that we do to improve access to services, raise awareness and generally make the West Midlands as inclusive and accessible as possible for blind and partially sighted residents and visitors. Please register on the link below to join us on Wednesday 7th of December at West Bromwich Albion Football Club at 11am. Lunch will be provided along with the opportunity to network with like-minded people and you can finish the day with a tour of the stadium. The link to register is www.sightlosscouncils.org.uk forward slash events forward slash listening hyphen month hyphen what hyphen matters hyphen to hyphen you forward slash. For more information on the event, email Ashley Bryant, ashley.bryant at pocklington-trust.org.uk. You must register for this event before attending. Beacon can provide the transport for this event, details below, but this is an independent event. No Beacon staff will be in attendance. Bus leaves at 10am from the Beacon Centre. The transport cost will be £12.50 return. You will be invoiced for the cost. There needs to be a minimum of six people for the transport to run. Book by Friday the 2nd of December. The event finishes at 2.30pm. The Beacon minibus will pick you up and return to the centre for 3.30 to 4pm depending on traffic. Do you live in Wolverhampton? If so, we'd really appreciate a few minutes of your time to help shape services in the city in return for a donation to Beacon. The City of Wolverhampton Council is currently running an online lifestyle survey to better inform services offered in the area. It takes around five to ten minutes to complete and is all done anonymously. And for every survey completed, the council is making a donation to a local charity. To ensure Beacon benefits, all you need to do is select the Beacon Centre as the charity you would like to receive funding in the final question. It's a chance to help shape services locally while making a difference here at Beacon, and we'd so appreciate your time. You can access the survey via the following link, www.wolverhampton.gov.uk forward slash lifestyle survey. That's www.wolverhampton.gov.uk forward slash lifestyle survey. 
If you've got any problems filling it out though, please ask one of our team and they'd be sure to help you. You can also, if you'd like, share this with family or friends you know who live in Wolverhampton who might be willing to complete it on behalf of Beacon. We'd so appreciate your support. Stourbridge Lifestyle Centre. Tuesday 6th of December, Oldsminford Primary School are joining us between 10.30am and 11.30am and we will be serving hot drinks and mince pies for anyone who wishes to join us. Everyone is welcome, £5 per person. On Tuesday the 20th of December, Home Adventurers, the Home Education Group, will be joining us for the day to assist our members in making some tactile Christmas cards and speaking to them about how they overcome some of the challenges they face with living with sight loss. Everyone is welcome, £5 per person. For more information, contact Beacon on 01902 880 Here are a few Christmas days for your diaries. On Sunday the 4th of December, we have our annual Santa run. Join us at West Park, Wolverhampton for a festive fun run, suitable for the whole family, all in aid of the Beacon Centre. The price is £10 for adults, £5 for children, with under fives free. Also on Sunday the 4th of December, we have Santa's Grotto. News for 2022, come and meet Santa at our Beacon Grotto. Each child will receive a small gift, and whilst they wait their turn, they will have the opportunity to write a Christmas wish list and make a bag of magical reindeer food ready for Christmas Eve. The price is just £5 per child. On Thursday the 8th of December, we have the Forget-Me-Not Tree Service. Join us for a beautiful seasonal service of remembrance in honour of our loved ones who have gone but never forgotten. A special evening of live music and the official lighting of the beacon Christmas tree. The price is free, but donations are welcomed. And on the 13th, 14th, 15th, 20th, 21st and 22nd of December, we have Christmas lunches. A homemade three-course festive menu served in our Beacon restaurant. The perfect daytime festival get-together for groups of friends to enjoy, whilst also raising money for Beacon. The prices start from just £22 per person. Don't forget we still have accommodation at Beacon Court. It is located in Sedgley and just a short distance from Wolverhampton. We have parks and shops and local transports right on our doorstep. Each home has a front door, individual access card, two bedrooms, a store, a wet shower room, a lounge, a kitchen with appliances, gas central heating and UVBC windows. We also provide a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week care team that deal with emergencies 365 days a year. There's also a pull cord in every apartment if you need to arrange have an emergency. You also get a 30-minute-a-week wellbeing time slot to go through anything you need, such as post or bills. Don't forget, if there's anything you need, please contact Beacon. We also have a website, www.beaconvision.org. We are on Facebook, at Beacon Centre, and on Twitter, at Beacon Centre. The number is 01902-880-111. Thank you.
So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish a happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 880 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV4 6AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us. Stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. Ta-ra!